Wrestling with the Truth podcast with your hosts, B.C. Hunter, Jay Myers, N.W.O. Machine, and special guest, Ted the Hillbilly Heel. Welcome everybody to Wrestling with the Truth. My name is BC Hunter, joined here once again by my good friends, the Wrestling Machine and the Nightmare J Myers, as well as a special returning guest, the one, the only Ted the Hillbilly Heel. Gentlemen, how are y'all doing this evening? <laughs> I'll start with Ted. Uh, oh, it's good. Great to be back. Uh, the the flight up here this time was so much easier than the last flight I took. Uh, the weather's a little bit nicer, and uh, I'm glad y'all upgraded my motel room and everything. So it's just really great to be back. Yeah, I understand they put you up in the in the four star room this time, which means there's only four holes in the ceiling. <laughs> I'm surprised you got through the uh, the. Uh... <laughs> the government issues uh, up here, they, they let you in, Ted. Well, you know, when when I told them the show I was going to be on, <laughs> you know, I just name dropped and it was fine. Well, just just because our, our leader's not exactly fond of truckers, right? So, I mean, it's not, uh, well, yeah. you'd, be sh- you'd be shunned right away. Uh, oh, I'm not a trucker. I do that as a hobby. I'm a professional <laughs> podcast. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Uh, probably by the time this airs, we'll be all in jail anyway. So no worries. <laughs> Our bank accounts will be frozen. It'll be all good. Yeah. I laugh, but it's, I wear the mask so I don't cry. <laughs> I don't show the tears. <laughs> all right. Well, when we last uh, left off with you, we were having a great conversation about your podcast, your new podcast. That's been going fantastic. I mean, you're jumping ahead of us in the Apple uh, ratings as far as uh, listens and downloads. So that's that's saying something. <laughs> We're a world-renowned podcast, you know that. So that's, it's a big we're closely yeah. behind you for number two in the world, Ted. We're, we're right behind <laughs> yes, you, neck and neck yes, for number yes. two in the world. Uh, but uh, you know that's great to see that things are going well. Uh, I mean, you already got 101 episodes in the tank, so that's amazing. I mean, that's that's you move <laughs> <Yeah>. quick. <laughs> you move quick, my friend. <laughs> and we were talking about heels and heel work and who's got the best heels and all that stuff. We, the only thing we didn't talk about was uh, Brandy Rhodes' heels show and what's going to happen <laughs> with that now that she's not with uh, AEW anymore. There's a lot of devastated women out there, I imagine. I did that. Did they uh, even do anything? Did was that even a thing? Like they talked a lot about it. I didn't see anything about it. Surprisingly, I don't know. Ted, did you see it? Like I don't think they even did a show, uh, did they? Yeah, they they actually. I saw some. I mean, I never watched it, but I saw some <laughs> uh, Twitter links that went out for advertising, and they did some Zoom stuff. And then she also had the show Cooking with Brandy. Uh-huh. Um, and I, the only one I watched of that was the one where Arn and Brock Anderson were on it. I did watch that one from for Arn. Uh, but um, yeah, come I don't on, know. come on! I know you're. I know you're a Roads to the Top guy, Ted. You're a Roads to the Top <laughs> I guy. Did what? I, I watched I it. I will wa- fully admit it. I did watch it just to see the the background stuff and what was going on behind the scenes. Uh, I did watch that. 
I've not watched Go Big Show. No, didn't I watch watched that. that. I haven't watched that. Um, I, I will but, say this. I did watch Roads to the Top, and not that I'm a Cody guy anyway, but it didn't make him look any better. I was like, at least make yourself look like – at least Miz, when you watch Miz and Mrs., which I think is an entertaining show, he actually looks like a normal good guy. He looks like a down-to-earth guy, like a buddy. And, but Cody just looks like more of a D-bag when you watch it. <laughs> well, did you all hear uh, – see, part of the deal, I think, with Cody leaving is his show is going to go on sci-fi. And because John Cena's game show is on TBS, John Cena's coming to AEW. <laughs> is that how that works? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They've just really traded talent. That's all it is. Gotcha. Because <laughs> also, also, you got to remember John Cena's new series, The Peacemaker, is on HBO Max, which is Into owned by your, Warner Media. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a Warner product. Yeah. So that's connecting that a lot of dots whole, here, Ted. That's what the whole deal's about. Nobody <laughs> is looking and getting granular. It's really <laughs> not that Cody left. It's not any of that. Vince and TK sit down and they were like, okay, I'll trade you Cena for Cody. They went ahead and done it. <laughs> I'll trade you uh, over uh, Gene uh, George for neck tattoo. How about that? Let's let's go that route. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I was trying to be as kind as I could to Cena, and it was really hard, but I, I went with George. Technically, Tony just has to show up in an empty ring and say that Cena's there. You just can't see him, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, he's not <laughs> a liar. There you go. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. He's a marketing genius. <laughs> All right. Well, when we left off, we didn't get that in-depth on the Cody stuff, but I'm glad we did to have that discussion because we just broke a major rumor here on the uh, old wrestling with the truth that John Cena signed it with AEW. Ted, Ted is Ted is just all over the, the hot gossip. I have a feeling yeah. Sean Rice Sapp will be running with that in the next hour. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then he'll block me. <laughs> yes. Uh, and anyone associated with you real quick. Exactly. Yeah. So we were talking a, bit, a little bit about the different territories and how they were, you know, working. Some were babyface territories, some were heel territories. Um, but I wanted to ask you, Ted, in your opinion, from watch your wrestling experience and watch wrestling, it could be either modern or it could be from the past. Who do you is the quintessential definition of a heel? Regardless of what you think about him as a real person, I've, I've got to go with Ric Flair. Um, the nature boy, uh, you know, he was, he had the charisma. He was, you know, I'm jet flying, you know, uh, all the, the things I'm better than you. And, you know, he would, uh, cheat to win or, you know, when he had the horsemen there, you know, they would gang up on someone. So, uh, and even in his promos, and I said this, on my last episode or talking about um the promo you you build up the person you're going to be and make them look good in the promo because if you always just put people down then who have you beaten right you know so he would build them up and there so you know i, I guess you know i'm just a horseman mark but those guys uh him and even Arn and uh and Tully, and then over on the, 
WWF side, the other one that I really thought was the, you know, de facto goat of heels was Jake the Snake Roberts. You know, mm -hmm. the psychology, yep. the promo, uh, just the way he did things. It was just, you know, you would be mesmerized at, you know, because uh, he's got a new podcast out and I've been listening to that and they were talking about how he talked so quiet. He was explaining why he did that and just, but you would be hanging on every word of his promo. So those, you know, flair on that side and over on the WWF side, uh, you know, Jake was just one of those. Well, and, and Macho Man Randy Savage, uh, like I said, you know, growing up watching him, just the things that he did, because you think about even like we was talking about Miz and Maurice here recently, how Miz would hide behind his wife. You know, how many times in those early days did Macho Man put Elizabeth out there, you know, and sort of put her in front of him and, and sort of make that baby face hesitate just for a minute so he could get the advantage. So those were three that I thought just really summed it up from, from those days. Yep, for sure. It's interesting that, you know, Flair... Uh, completely different from Jake's style of heel. Flair is more the cool heel, almost leaning towards the tweener side of it. Whereas, you know, it's Flair is going with the angle, I'm better than you, be jealous of this. Whereas Jake was just the, the psychology master, right? Just amazing. Mm -hmm. And it's funny, <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's all keeps coming back to this whole talk about what's going on here in Canada, but the, the whole trucker talk. But Jake with the quiet promos, I mean, that was genius for him because, like he said, it forced you to stop and listen to him. But I was ironically, I was I was watching one of the press conferences that was going on for this whole trucker thing, and Randy Hillier came on, and, he, and the the room was was just loud, and uh, reporters were hollering questions, and he got on there and he spoke and he spoke quiet, and the whole room just shut up, and they listened to him as they wanted to hear what he said, and I remember I said to my wife, I said. He's doing Jake the Snake Roberts method. <laughs> he said he's talking quiet, forcing everybody to bring their volume down, and they listen to him. And I said, that's mm -hmm. a, that's the power of that, and that that's the thing, right? You don't need to be out there shouting and screaming all the time. That that's a good way to do it. I'll turn the question over to you guys, Machine and Jay. What about yourselves, Machine? Who would you say is a quintessential heel in your eyes? Are we are we going to stick with today's version, or are we going to go back a bit? It could be any. Whichever you think, if you think there's somebody today that defines it, or if you think of somebody from the past. Well, I've had a lot of discussion with a couple of people, and I, I always go back as good as Jake was, and I and I agree he was he was fantastic because he was so quiet, and you just thought he was a psycho, and thought he was a real snake in living color. But um, I kind of like the Bundys, not Alan Pegg, but uh, the <laughs> like the King Kong Bundys that. They're so big, they didn't have to say anything. When they walked out, you already knew. And just something about their demeanor when they walked out, you just knew that there was going to be some shit happening. So I, I always liked a guy like that. I, I always liked, obviously, uh, a Rick Rude, um, Kurt Hanning, when he was perfect. But, but the hinge on both of those doors relate to Bobby Heenan. So... I'm going to say, would they have been as great heels without Heenan? I don't think so. And again, I always like to go to the manager side of things. And and, and for me, he made those guys, right? And, and it was always mm -hmm. because we just wanted someone to shut Bobby up more than we wanted someone to beat Hanning. Um, 
today's guys, I used to think MJF had the talent to be today's big top heel. I, I'm not saying that he isn't a great heel. I just think in the last, I think COVID ruined him. And, and what I mean by that is if you look at some of his promos now, he's, re, he's resorting to cheap heat where he didn't have to be cheap heat before. And I think he's got to go back to sort of the original MJF. Uh, so that's my heel pick for AEW. And today's WWE product, I think they're doing great with Lashley. I think they finally found a good spot for Lashley to be a loved heel where he suits the heel and you don't want him anywhere else. I think he could get rid of MVP tomorrow and continue on. I think MVP should go back to um, the Hurt Business. Here's my take. They go back to the Hurt Business and they get Omos. And that's what I would love to see. I know he's He's not great. They're trying hard with him. I think he would fit with the Hurt Business because they're missing Lashley, those two guys. And he's now their enforcer. But I, I don't know who's a real good heel in today's WWE. Like, like I say, even MJF to me is not... He's a, great, he's a great promo. But I think he's resorting to a lot of cheap heat. Hillbilly, what do you think of that? Yeah, I do think he does do some cheap heat more than I'd like to see, but as far as just I, I think the thing that I love the most about MJF is that he stays in kayfabe or he may just be really a dick in real life. I don't know because he's so convincing. You know, when you see these cameos and these videos at these meet and greets, I mean, I, they showed one the other day where he got into an argument with a guy in a wheelchair and, you know, he was calling him names. He's like, it's for him to carry it that far. I guess I appreciate that because in the old days, the heels, you know, just stayed kayfabe completely. So I, I do like that um, and just that part. But like you said, he does, which a lot of them have gotten to this and this started is, you know, you don't have to just go to an arena and down the local sports team. You know, that's sort of getting old. Everybody's doing that. You know, your sports team sucks. And, you know, I, I was listening they do, to another actually. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I was listening to another podcast, uh, and it's an AEW exclusive podcast, but one of the hosts is from the UK. And they said, you know, every time we watch AEW, and no matter who it is, or even, you know, when they would watch WWE, it's like, you know, you talk about this football team or baseball team or basketball team and said, you know, us in the UK, we don't get it, you know. And they said in a comparison, they were talking a few years ago when the WWE came over there and done some shows, they didn't realize, you know, they were in this town and, and one of the heels cut a promo on one of the soccer teams. But what they didn't realize that, there's so many different clubs and soccer leagues over there that just because you live in one area doesn't mean you pull for that team, you know? Yeah, and yeah. so they said the translation sort of gets lost. So I, I do agree with that about the cheap heat. I wish they would quit that. Uh, but I do really like MJF. Now I am going to disagree with you on Bobby Lashley because I think before 
the Drew McIntyre program and the way some of the crowd, he actually, I think a lot of the fans want him to be a face. But I think, you know, he was out there dominating. And that was one thing I didn't like in that story about Drew. It was like, you know, then he goes to the locker room and he's like to all the 24-7 guys, who's going to stand up and, you know, beat him up. And they had that sort of angle. And it's like, you can tell the crowd really wants to get behind Lashley. And I think he could be that Brock Lesnar babyface type guy if it wasn't for MVP. You know, I think if MVP was out of the way and kept his mouth shut, Brock Lesnar or uh, Bobby Lashley could be that dominant big guy as an actual face because I do think the fans would like to get behind him, but it's like, the, the way it, the story and the booking sometimes goes, it just doesn't lend to it. So I, I don't know about that. The, the ones right now currently in the WWE, you know, it, like you said, some of that. Um, now in NXT, I, I do think uh, Grayson Waller has, uh, I, I do like his little heel tactics and the way he is. Uh, but on the main roster, you know, even like with AJ and, uh, when in, with him and Amos, the fans still love AJ, and he would still get cheered. So I think, you know, he can either go either way. So it's really hard on the main roster besides, uh, you know, Roman, who definitely is the heel. Um, and then, well, and Charlotte Flair, no matter, it seems like everybody despises her. So, you know, but uh, it's a little difficult up there on the main roster right now, I think, to get that. Well, in the Miz, he's, he still does. Uh, but, you know, he sometimes leans more towards the comedic stuff. Uh, so it's very interesting. I, I do like what you said about uh, MJF, that he's always in character. I mean, even his social media, he's never broken. He's always stayed in character. I know there's a couple people who just don't understand how – work and think that kayfabe shouldn't be in today's game but mjf is proof kayfabe works yeah i don't know who i don't know who those silly people would be <laughs> i don't know i'll turn, oh, well, the I'm glad, I'll turn the question to you jay well i'm glad ted finally mentioned the miz because you guys are all disrespecting and besmirching the the good name of mike mazana that, that guy <laughs> that guy for 15 years almost has been the man there from from a heel perspective and the the comedy stuff is there a little bit too but i think that just makes people hate him even more he has had i, I was thinking about this as you guys were talking it's like who there's so many guys that were heels but then had baby face runs and stuff mrs had very little baby face run if i can i don't even think like the stuff with shane maybe that was like i guess recently that was, but yeah, that's about it yeah that's about it right mm -hmm. and i mean the dude has been hated, literally hated, including in the back and all that stuff, like his whole career. It's like, I, I don't know how he could get overlooked. That guy to me is the quintessential heel right now in pretty much any promotion. Uh, old school, I think Piper, that's, uh, that was where I was going. Uh, Piper was another one. Yeah. Yeah. Like Piper, I know Piper was a face for a lot of, a lot of years too, but I think he was just so good at being a dick. Like that was, that was good. The thing about AEW and, and, machine may uh may actually convulse and pass out here when i say this but like i th i don't even yes mjf is is a really good heel but outside of mjf AEW doesn't have heels i don't think 
I, I just don't think that that's a, a thing. I don't think that they actually, they don't book heel. They don't book that way. They don't, the crowd doesn't respond to like that. It's I watch dynamite routinely. And I know Ted, I think you do too. It's like apart from MJF, I couldn't tell you who a bad guy is on that show because everybody gets cheered. Right. So, I mean, it's like, they go that style and I'm not saying that's a positive or negative. I'm just saying like, that's their product. And I don't see anybody MJF, even MJF gets cheered. Like it's not even really a, it's not even really a Piper or like a whatever he, you know what I mean? He still gets pops because he's funny and that's what the crowd wants there. Right. They just want to be sort of entertained for that. So I don't even think AEW truly had like hook hooks in one of supposed to be in a, hugely heelish stable and he gets pops every single time he gets out like and go down the list everybody does even even sean spears gets pops for some of the things he does it's like i i just don't think they have heels there in my honest opinion and i don't i don't know how it doesn't bother me in the sense that i i still watch it but i don't think you could say there's a heel there whereas wwe i think reigns miz ziggler rude hello like ziggler and rude have been a fantastic heel run for a long time like there's there's a ton of guys the, the lashley thing ted i think before we go on that point but like i was confused on that too and to your like baby face thing like he was even slapping hands at rumble and i was like what did you catch that and i was like did he just like high five kids on the way down the ring and i'm just like i don't i was confused i did i didn't get that part i will say one other team that i do think does don't really get as many cheers and not only their attitude, but because of the wrestling style. Oh, 100%. I knew you were going FTR. Yep, that's a good point. Because, you point. know, they can slow the match down and they're not doing the high spots, so it's easier to boo them. Agreed. Because, like yep. you said, uh, and I won't give it all away, but <laughs> episode 102 <laughs> will be dropping Sunday, The Heel Truth, and we're going to talk about the anti-heel and how sorry machine, but the NWO <laughs> sort of ruined the heel because they brought the cool heel in and made it easier for fans to cheer the cool heel. So it sort of changed the dynamic and changed the evolution. To me, the NWO was the one event that completely changed two, well, two events. One was, and I mentioned this, was Hogan versus Ultimate Warrior, face versus face in a main event. That changed a lot of the thing that we can do this. It doesn't always have to be good guy versus bad guy. Then when the NWO came, that to me was one of the defining moments of wrestling that really changed everything because... We got the cool heel. We got fans started cheering for heels, buying their merch and things like that. And uh, that's what I'm going to go into on the next episode. But that sort of did blur the lines to where sometimes now we don't have a, um, a definite heel. Well, in AEW and uh, WWE sometimes can be blurred. If you want to go outside of those, and I think Machine mentioned that in one of the replies is uh, – I don't think many people like Matt Cardona. <laughs> he's he's pretty much hated wherever he goes right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love him, but he's doing his job for sure. Yes, yes. It's su- such a good such a good point. Wrestling with the Truth podcast, sponsored by 
KEG Handmade. Check them out on Facebook. Ready to ship stainless steel coffee mugs. Any design, anytime, anywhere. Hey, this chica, she made me a custom toothpick holder. That's right, so check them out on Facebook at KEG Handmade. With the Truth Podcast brought to you by Mark's Wrestling Masks. You want to look like a champ or you want to look like a chump, he's got your ugly mug covered. Check him out on Facebook, Mark's Wrestling Masks. That's M-A-R-C apostrophe S Wrestling Masks. Now give me a hell yeah. Because I want you to keep listening to this three crazy fair drinking sons of bitches right here on this podcast. And that's the bottom line, because I said so. I'll throw this at everybody. I think the timing lines up, but like, do we get the massive Austin 316 era without the NWO? Does that happen? I that, think so. That that anti, oh, I, 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 you might be right. I just like, cause he was basically a bad guy that, that people cheered. And I know he didn't, he evolved through that and became a bit of the um, anti-hero hero, I guess. But I don't know, man, like, cause it was all campy baby face and, and bad guy heels before that. And then Austin comes along and sort of changes the game, but I don't know. Don't I just that it. just popped in my head that NWO may have the precursor to Austin too. Let's just take the NWO out for for a sec because let's just go to the Austin thing. I, I think he would we would have had that Austin era. I think if they were ready um, to turn with somebody because and and here's why I still think part of this like WWE at the time. Yeah, they were in a battle with somebody else, but. Vince was a main player, whether you like it or not, he was always on air. People were getting fed up with Vince, right? Like, okay, enough Vince. And Stone Cold just came out and like, I don't think there was a necessarily uh, anybody who swore, and I use the term loot as whoop your ass, but um, I, I just think that they were looking for somebody and he never changed his character, if you think about it. Like he never changed Be The Heel. And they were changed, even though they cheered him. He, he got better and better as the bad character. He didn't care who he beat. And he was the anti-boss, right? And I think Americans, well, everybody. I mean, uh, you always want to tell your boss to go fuck himself, right? But, and that's what Austin became. I think they were just ready for that guy. No matter who it would have been, whether maybe it could have been Shawn Michaels come out, and say, you know what? The sexy boy just kicked your ass. I think they needed that. They needed someone to break the, you know, somewhat clean version. Because, yeah. again, we talk about big guys being believable that they could win a bar fight and not be used as a weapon in the bar fight. That, that's, the, that's what you believed. You wanted Stone Cold to go kick the shit out of somebody. Right? And he, was, he was big enough. He looked mean. The shaved head and then the beer drinking, that's all American. That's uh, Hillbilly Ted right there. I agree fully, but does I guess more I was coming at it, does Vince pull the trigger on that type of character if he doesn't see the NWO success? 
You know what I think? I think Austin would have done it without Vince's approval. Well, that's that's probably fair. <laughs> I, I just got a funny feeling that he probably went to Vince and said, now listen, I just want to do something like this. And Vince said no, and he went, uh-uh, right? And, and it just happened. Well, I mean, to uh, to Ted's point there about the NWO, I, I that's something I've argued for a while now is I think really as much as I loved the NWO, the cool heel being introduced uh, really was a killer to to the is a precursor killer to the business as far as you know if it had just stuck with the NWO being that way maybe it was fine but I think right now we're we can't sit here and name off the quintessential heel because we're stuck with a bunch of tweeners you know that's that's what we have right now and and if you got a tweener you got fans that are sitting there they don't know who to cheer for or who to boo and then you got you don't have that heat that you need in in the match or in in an angle and by the way, I'll just say my quick, very quickly, my quintessential heel. I, I agree with Machine. It's Bobby Heenan. I mean that that's oh that's, yeah. He um he no matter what he built up the face even while he was breaking mm-hmm. him down, and he denied, denied, denied everything. You know, I mean, I think the crowning achievement as far as proving what a heel he was is the whole barbershop window incident with Sean, where where he he accused Marty Jannetty of trying to escape through the window. I mean, that's that's a heel right there. But yeah, Yeah. but going back to the whole (laughs) the, the whole cool heel thing. Yeah. I mean, I think right now we have too many tweeners and nobody that's afraid that nobody that's willing to jump out and actually be hated at the moment. Well, and, and that's why, even though he is going I, for cheap heat, that's that's why I do appreciate MJF. He doesn't care if you talk about him online. He doesn't, you know, he he knows when he goes into a building, you know, that he will get some booze and he'll get the the shut the f up and all these different um, chants and and all these things. So that's why I do appreciate him on that part. Is that. I do think he's trying to keep that, but, you know, like we're talking about, I get, and, you know, and again, with the NWO, when you think about it and Arn and and even Jeff Jarrett and some of them were talking about in the old days, Arn said on the paydays, the heels would get paid a little bit extra for, you know, the house shows or the, you know, the live events because you were paid on the gate because the baby faces could actually sell the the little photos that they had an autograph you know they really didn't have a lot of t-shirts but the they, a lot of them would sign little autograph pictures and little trinkets and and whatever that they would autograph so they could make money off that because the heels didn't sell any merch and i mean i remember and i still to this day i don't know where my mom got it but I was so proud of it because being a, a heel guy uh, in 86, you had the horseman and then you had the Russians, Nikita Koloff. And, you know, everybody hated Nikita uh, because of the Rocky and Russia and all this other stuff. And my mom found me a t-shirt. I still remember it. That had Nikita on it. It was a yellow t-shirt with Nikita and he was in his red Soviet thing. And, I don't remember Jim Crockett ever putting out that merch. So I don't know if she got it from some flea market. I don't know where it was, but I love that thing. And I mean, I was like 14 or 15 years old and I wore that to school two or three times a week, you know, and 
my friends would be like, why do you like that Russian? And I'm saying, you know, oh man, he's, he's cool, you know, and uh, stuff like that. So they really didn't have that merch. And then, you know, you get to the NWO and the merch is selling and, you know, here it is, what, 25 years later. And I, you know, I just heard uh, Scott Hall was on Eric Bischoff's podcast uh, last year and he was saying that there's some years he still gets six figures on royalties from NWO merch sold by WWE. You know, Bullet Club are supposed to be heels, and yet they've got some of the biggest selling merch in the world. You know, things like that. So it, it does blur those lines to where, again, everything's evolved, and, and we've had to look at things different, and it does make it... Um, I talked to a friend of mine about this, you know, Britt Baker is another one. She's trying her best to be a heel and do the heel tactics, but everybody loves to do the DMD and she's still getting cheered. So it does make it difficult for that baby face at times to get the response they need when the heels are getting cheered also. Yeah. Uh, so I've had this day before and the machine's probably going to blow a gasket, but the reason why I think we're in it and I, I can agree that kayfabe was cool and it was, it was, it was a really good thing for the business, but how I position it now, Ted, and I said this on a, another show is wrestling, pro wrestling, WWE, AW, whatever you want to call it. Maybe it's not some of the hardcore indies, but they're a form of entertainment now, no different than, than Marvel, DC, anything like that. And some of the most popular characters in Marvel and in DC are all villains. Are the villains. So Mm -hmm. this is what we're in. We're in an entertainment business where you can't expect to run a promotion the same way you did in 1975 because you, you, it's a different form of entertainment. It's a different landscape. It's like the merch is the big thing. Like these are characters on TV. Now they're not people in a wrestling promotion that occasionally show up on TV. These are characters on TV and big screen right so that's why it's it's different and that's why i say you cannot do and just to further my point have you ever seen mjf do any promotional material on any tv show or any morning show or any clip where he's actually promoting himself and or aw because i haven't i I guess that i've yet to see him on anything promotional where he would be himself in character and so my point being, well, if everyone was in character at all times, no one could go do that as a heel and and yeah. sort of pimp their shit. You know what I mean? Well, and and like you said that, and I think what you were saying there, not even with the NWO, I think with our culture in that time frame, just society has put, started for the you know because you're talking about Marvel and all these, or even the good guys. You know, one of the biggest you know, most popular was Deadpool. Yep. Or Batman. Batman's Batman's the same dark guy too. Yeah. Yeah. So you get these as America and the rest of the world has shifted on some of these things. I think it does make it in the consumer's mind. It's I even, I was even thinking about for this next episode, um, going back even with movies, because, you know, the good guy, you know, you had the Rambo Schwarzenegger, you had all that. But then who was one of the first guys in an action movie that was just sort of a normal guy and he was just sort of a little bit different 
And, you know, and I thought he sort of brought that anti-hero thing was the first Die Hard movie, John McClane. You know, he was just a regular cop who was married, who was trying to get his wife back. And he didn't do everything the way he was supposed to, but everybody loved him. And so we have shifted involved in that. And it does take, especially for me, I'll admit it, it took some getting used to because when the NWO first came, again, I was a horseman guy, and the horsemen ended up de facto had to become the baby faces to fight the NWO. And even Kevin Sullivan in the dungeon, I mean, Kevin Sullivan has never been hardly a baby face. I mean, he's the devil. And for him to have to have his little group fighting against the NWO some too, it was just I, I had to get used to that. You know, I had to, to work around my mind on some of that stuff on how it was going. And, uh, and you know, later on, I'm going to do a thing about, of course, Hogan turning probably is the greatest heel turn ever because he was America the beautiful, you know, say your prayers, eat your vitamins. And then for him to do what he did, it just shocked everybody, you know. Yeah. So that whole, again, that whole NWO thing, I think it just really done a lot in different areas to the wrestling business because without the NWO, and I don't know if he listens to this podcast or not, we would not be talking about Eric Bischoff today. Yeah, that's a good point. And he definitely listens to the show. Absolutely does. (laughs) Okay, well. (laughs) No, that's a great point. One last point on this, and and this is like for someone like me personally, some of my biggest movie uh, heroes, if you want to call them that, are bad guys in in horror movies, and I cheer for them to kill as many people as possible in the movie. So like that's that's how you know what I mean. Things have shifted, and where some of these characters just become not about the good or the bad; it's just about the character. That's and that's sort of where we're at today. Well, that's just morality. Teenagers shouldn't be having sex in abandoned <laughs> cabins and then running into the woods. Okay. That is, that is stop you fair. fornicating. <laughs> stop you fornicating and you won't get killed. Yeah. That's a bitch. And you shouldn't be with your cousins, and that's the hillbilly rule. <laughs> Absolutely. Those are words of wisdom from Hillbilly Hill. <laughs> oh my, how can we top that? Uh, <laughs> I so, don't think you can. So in summary, Steve Austin, the NWO cancel culture and society in whole has ruined wrestling <laughs> that's what i'm that's what i'm taking out of this and fornication yes <laughs> fornication <laughs> all right well we're right up uh, at our time again and i know ted you've been fantastic about giving us uh, all this time giving us two episodes so i really appreciate it so once again i'm going to get you to pimp the living heck out of your uh out of your podcast tell everybody where you can get it what's coming up what we can expect and and go right ahead well first i just want to say uh thank you to everyone in canada uh these two trips up here have just been wonderful y'all just treated me so great you're my second homeland now you know (laughs) i love the canadians but you can find me at Hillbilly Hill, and that's where you'll find my stuff and all the stuff for the podcast, The Hill Truth, Spotify, iTunes, Google, and a lot of times I'll put stuff in comments. And if you follow me, you're going to see that I retweet and comment on a lot of other because independent wrestling podcast scene 
is on fire and it's taken over these guys here wrestling with the truth. I'm an OG listener from episode one. Okay. You know, they've not caught up with me yet. They're getting there. Uh, but, um, you know, these guys are, are, are good and you need to listen to them and, uh, follow them. Uh, you know, they're a great bunch of guys and, uh, they didn't pay me a dime to say it. And that's the truth. It's a whole lot of maple the heel syrup. Truth. The heel truth, yes. <laughs> There's a dozen Tim Horton donuts and uh, some maple syrup. <laughs> some some Tim Beebs. Some yeah. Tim Beebs are in the room already. Oh, God. And, Hillbilly, I, I, uh, we did what you requested. We, we didn't put your hotel anywhere near Myers. Um, <laughs> I, I know that was a personal request because after the first yeah, episode, yeah. Uh, Chad contacted me through Twitter and showed me on the dolly where Jay touched him. Um, <laughs> But I, I did set up a nice uh, little uh, going away gift for you. Uh, when you do cross the border again, I'm not sure your last exam, but feel free to uh, let us know how the prostate is. <laughs> Working good. Okay. <laughs> You're going to get a special search on the way home. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, they didn't even think you could fit that much heroin up a butt. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, th there's enough hair up there to hide it. <laughs> uh, oh, fuck, I just picture a hillbilly braiding his ass hair now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that and the that and the tattoo. <laughs> Which one? The B on the one side, the B on the other? No, the one that says closed for business. Oh, yeah. exit only yeah. yeah well then you're not an AEW fan oh, oh, oh. he got it in there at the last Shots second fired. it was, it was literally at the okay. 59 minute mark <laughs> I had to all right. Well, thank you very much, uh, Ted. Really appreciate it. And again, thank you, Jay and the machine for making the time for this. This has been a fantastic uh, couple episodes and really excited for our audience to, to hear it. And, and please, if you would, audience, listening audience, we know you're out there. Give us some feedback. You know, let us know what you think of these shows. Um, start some conversation on Twitter, on social media. We're very interactive. Ted's very interactive as well. So like, you know, if you got anything that you want to talk about that came up from the episodes, feel free to let us know at WWTT pod. We're, we're there, we're available and we'll certainly love to have some conversations around this stuff. But anyways, on that note, we want to say thank you very much. Have yourself a great weekend and for machine for Jay and for Ted, the hillbilly heel, I am BC and I am saying that we are out of here.